Okay, you all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. You're listening to the B2C Lead Gen Podcast. My name is Daniel Hapewell here with Simon Delaney, and this is episode 97, five lead management strategies to beat the competition. Um, I don't know if you heard a little chuckle from Simon, but for the people what are listening to this, not watching, he just tipped an espresso cup at me. If I can't, I'll give you my empty flask back. Um, so before we dive into this, Simon, um, let's just intro who we're talking to here, what we mean by lead management strategies, and then we will work through each of them and explain how, by implementing each of these, companies listening can get the competitive edge. Yeah, so we're speaking to companies that are buying leads from third parties. Um, yeah. is who we're, we're talking to and what we're going to be talking about just to go into the detail around it is if you're buying leads from third parties um, whether lead generation companies um, some sort of affinity deal that you've got or a partnership um, it's in the interest of that company to basically sell the lead for the highest amount and the companies that will buy the most that's what they're looking to do they're you know the it's the typical lead gen model when you're selling leads is is like one to many so they'll generate one lead under one vertical if it's in their own brand and they're looking to sell that lead to whoever will pay the most and buy the most of it there's various different like you know nuances within that but that's the basic model so what we're talking about is how can you implement five lead management strategies which will put you, the buyer of those leads, at the top of that list. So when those leads are generated, it's you who gets the best leads, buys the most, gets the hierarchy there so that you're making sure you get the best deal from the companies and places that you're buying leads from. Cool. I think yeah, I think that's announced nicely, and obviously, there's the element of if you're not doing these things, your competition might be. So <laughs> there's yeah. that uh, there's that feeling that you want to make sure that you are you're smashing this. So we'll uh, we'll talk through these five strategies. Um, yeah, and hopefully, hopefully we can uh, clarify what we mean by each of them. Um, number one. Sorry, just to clarify what you said, and that's exactly the point. You might not think that you have competition when you're buying leads from third parties, but you do. You have all the other companies that are looking to buy those leads, and that mm. is who you're looking to beat. Because if they're better than you in any area, which everyone is striving to be, they get the best leads, they make the most sales, they get the best customers, they get the most customers. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. When you, when you say that, you, you think about competing with your competitors and you, fo you focus more maybe on what you do with the lead and we'll touch upon elements of that but you maybe there's an element of neglecting the actual buying and the manual process before you even get to handling it um so we're gonna we're gonna be looking at all of that today i've never heard anyone ever talk about this right ever this idea of the competition that lead buyer faces when working with lead generators i love the i've never heard in However many years I've been doing this in the lead gen sphere, 16 years, no one's ever mentioned it. Um, maybe they have, and I just never heard it. But anyway, let's dig into it. <laughs> so 
Um, I've written these down, by the way, in some awful scrawl. I um, tend to do when we're um, thinking of podcasts of, you know, what what would you actually do in this scenario? And the first one, I'm coming at this from a an angle which isn't um, the kind of software relates and things like that and lead management strategies, but they're actually like things that I know that lead suppliers probably want and they want to work mm. with these sort of companies. So number one, <clears throat> buy out-of-hours leads. Now, what do we mean by that? A lot of companies want leads delivered to them, like good leads, high-quality, high-intent leads, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds plus that have been generated like in that moment. So, you know, it's 2 p.m. on a Tuesday um, and I've received lead and it's been collected a minute before. That's all very well and good and it's great and, you know, we all want those leads. But they're far more expensive to generate than leads generated out of the hours that you might operate your sales or marketing teams within. And like it or not, not everyone, a lot of lead generators are generating leads out of hours and sending them to you anyway. You just don't know it. Or if you do, fine. If you don't, I've got news for you, you're probably getting them and you don't know it. <laughs> and, and the way they do it is they'll just blend it into the following day. Um, so, you know, the the differences in conversion, you know, you just wouldn't miss it. So my advice is you may as well accept this fact is going to happen and actually work with the lead generator, open up the channels of trust and transparency and say, I will buy out of hours leads and we'll mix it into the pot and we're going to figure out some ways to make them convert at the same rate as the leads that we get in hours, or we're going to figure out a different deal with them, or we're going to just uh, give you a sort of amortized CPL that covers all of them. Um, and this just allows complete transparency, right? Like if you say to someone, yeah, just send the out of hours leads, it's fine. You'll figure out where the out of hour leads are coming from how many are being generated, when they're being sent to you, what their conversion rates are. You can measure absolutely everything. You may as well accept this fact. Now, we've got another issue, is with, which is how to deal with these out-of-hours leads. So I've got four ways that you can deal with them. So one is you get them to book an appointment. So out-of-hours leads become leads, but there's a time uh, and a date that they've asked for you to contact them. So we've suddenly turned them from an out-of-hours out of hours uh, lead into a booking appointment so you know tomorrow at 3 p.m i want you to you to call me to discuss my mortgage whatever the deal is um number two is just accept that they might convert lower um you know just deal with it and just blend it into the the overall deal that you have um number three is when the lead is coming to you from out of hours is email or sms them ideally you probably sms them if you've got a mobile telephone number and say we'll be contacting you at x time tomorrow and if you can put a name to that as well like tracy will be contacting you tomorrow at 9 a.m to discuss your mortgage or whatever the thing is um because then this person knows exactly what's going to happen and actually if you do two-way sms you could say um you know if you can't make this time please reply with the time that you can make something and they could just go like 10 a.m or something and then you can filter that back in these this all happens as part of lead management um and number four is you could direct it to a bot so um sms them send them to a bot and you can ask them additional questions 
as part of that, um, which is basically like progressive profiling where you're looking to gather more information. Um, and this is to do with collecting their intent and when you contact them the next day and you can also book an appointment with them as well. So number one is buy out of hours leads because you probably already are anyway. Strong point. I'm, I'm going to come back to something you said there later. So I made a little note, but we'll, we'll run through the ones and remind me I've got a, a question, but we'll go through the tactics first. We'll come back. And, th and I want to quickly address something as well, which is like, um, if you're using something like Janaya or um, uh, Trusted Form by Active Prospects or even Contact State, they can't get they they get rid of it if people don't know what they're doing. The, the reality is a lot of people now to bypass these forms, um, mm. and what they'll do is collect leads anyway. And the next day they get on a VPN, switch IPs, and start submitting leads by hand, especially where they're high value ones. Um, so there's a conversation that needs to be had, right? It's like um, these out-of-hour leads, they can be half the price. So it's, it just, you know, I think a lot of people think that it's just like they might lose money on in-hours leads. So it's a way of them um, returning compensation or something. Anyway, uh, number two, run audits every month. So I, th I can't remember whether we did a whole podcast on this before. I think we did. I think we mentioned it. But I've worked with companies on building the, like their audit programs, right? Um, mm. So they're buying leads. They've enlisted us uh, to help them buy leads. And one of the things we've said is you need to run audits. And it's been for three reasons. So one is you're trying to lean in as in everyone, the company generating leads and the company buying the leads and discuss what's working, how you can make it better, how you can remove stuff that isn't, um, how you can increase the stuff that is, and really work together as part of an audit of exactly like where leads came from, the ads that worked, absolutely everything. And because it works both ways, right? It's like how the sales teams are working, the scripts that have been using. Um, the post journey funnel, like what emails and SMS go out, how does that relate to the experience when people came in? So it becomes this like overarching um, audit that everyone's involved in and you go root and branch through it. And by the end, you, what you come out with is like a stronger customer journey. Um, I would say it's like one of the best things I've seen happen between two parties that are mm. generating and um, buying leads and you just don't hear about it that much but these audits they really make a difference um, number two is this is really where you can ensure no tomfoolery is happening because if you get the something like Facebook ID or let's say a GCL ID from Google passed with every single lead that's being generated or the marker that comes um, from whatever ad platform that's being uh, used to generate leads you use that as part of the audit for where the um, lead came from. So I just want to give you an example that how you can bypass it if not. There's a thing called pre-landers, which this is how, another way that people get stuff, uh, buy things like Janaya or um, Trusted Form. You think the pre-lander is the advert. It's not. There's another advert beyond that. So what's happening is the thing that's being tracked is almost like an advertorial it could look like mm -hmm. an advert. So I could use uh, another advert on top of that with a woman or a man. Uh, you know, I don't want to say which gender or um, in between. Uh, 
with their tits out, their balls out, whatever, someone clicks on it. It's got some weird wording, whatever. They land on a pre-lander, which is where the advert is now being tracked that everyone thinks is the advert. That then drives the traffic to the landing page. I've seen that. I see this happening, right? Is um, uh, and with audits where you're actually tracking um, where the leads came from and you're going through timestamps and looking at the ID of the platforms that are driving it, um, it's quite difficult to get away with it then. So you sort of need to now to run an audit. Maybe I should put like a little pack together or something of how you do it. Well, that'd be good. Um, for the people listening, I think the take-home point there will just be the image of a... Uh a random advert with someone with the balls out so let's just clarify <laughs> that point was in fact run audits every month just so we we've yeah. got that point two uh point three let's go point three that i'm still on run audits every month right this isn't point three so it's point three of run audits every month oh, okay. why you do it um you're just looking to go over the results both sides and figure out um the improvements you can make and by results i actually mean like the sales results so we're not just talking about the customer journey, whatever. We're looking at individual agents, why they perform better than others. Individual ads, how can we make those ads better? What is it that's being said? And so you, it's kind of like the same as leaning in and discussing, but you're going more of a like sales angle. So rather than like customer journey at the front end now, it's what is actually driving all the sales and how can we increase that? And how can we make sure that the ads are relevant and uh are being attached to the sales rather than just being attached to the leads that we're trying to run as part of the order. Um, so now we're on number three. That helps. Uh, I, I wrote this down in a few different ways, but I, it effectively is pay the CPA, not the CPL. Um, or another way to use it would be don't focus on the CPL, focus on what's converting within ROI or within CPA, um, whichever, whichever way you want it. So if you're looking to out-compete people who are also buying leads and looking to buy the best leads the same way you are from the same sources that you are, the first way to make sure that they're going to out-compete you is try and pay the lowest CPL that you possibly can. Because someone will always pay more to get better results, or they already are getting better results. So you need to remove the emphasis on the CPL that you pay, and it 100% has to be on the CPA, the cost per acquisition as a whole. And there's two things within this. So one is um, you're looking to like average it down to what the total leads are. So you know you could look over a week or look over a month. You can have a moving target of what the CPA is. And then you constantly know what that converts back to as a CPL that you can actually pay for these leads. But the other is that um, individual leads perform differently. And there's usually certain criteria that might happen within that. So I don't know, for example, um, you know, if you're talking about like mortgages, it can be how much the house is worth, um, or it could be the age of the individual, um, or whatever it is. But most of these people are paying the same CPL for these leads, um, regardless of like what the conversions are. But the reality is you can set up a matrix 
and this comes back to kind of like lead scoring. Um, you can do that either manually or um, there are certain AI programs that you can use nowadays to do this. What you're actually looking to do is to determine what a, a what an effective CPL looks like if you manage to convert those leads coming in because the, the CPA of them is going to be far higher for a property worth a million pounds than it is a property worth a hundred thousand um, pounds. And you basically want to like factor that in for the leads that you're buying. And what that means is the lead seller is going to be selling you more of the leads that they get a higher CPL for that you basically have a much higher CPA for. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. Just absolutely. But to put it in layman's terms, imagine um, everyone's paying someone generating leads £20 per lead for whatever leads comes in. But um, And they're something to do with mortgage leads and they're based on property. And one property is worth £100,000 and the property is worth a million pounds. Mm -hmm. For the property worth a million pounds, you might actually pay a thousand pounds CPL for it. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Obviously, you then have to look at your experience of converting every other lead at a thousand pounds. So once you've measured that in and you look at like the effective CPA um, from your known conversion rates of it, that thousand pounds might become 200 pounds. So suddenly everyone else is paying 20 pounds, 20 pounds, regardless of. The criteria within it and you're like i'll pay 200 pounds for anyone that looks like that it sounds fairly simple but so few people do it it's untrue because they just want to get leads in. it's just like this relentless focus on leads rather than what exactly, are actually yeah. the best leads for us they're going to give us the highest cpa that we can pay the most for i was going to say i think this this links to this idea we discussed before about how you're actually measuring success and that shift in mindset um, of like using balancing metrics and thinking I've got a great big CRM full of leads or are you actually just measuring and focusing on sales and it's almost like when you switch to saying like this is how we measure success it's sales it's not leads then it follows that you're going to be less concerned about the CPA and more to the CPA I guess yeah exactly um, and the fourth point uh we'll be covering today so this is out competing your competition when you're buying leads the other companies buying leads be completely and utterly transparent with your outcomes every single lead feedback however that's going to happen whether you're going to do it automatically which is like the much preferred way either via webhooks or a lead update api of exactly where that lead is in its journey you know, has it had a conversation? Has a quote been given? Has it turned into a sale? Has something else happened? Is it a bad lead? Is it whatever? If you can get that information back and be completely transparent with the outcomes of it, virtually all lead generators or companies that generate leads would prefer to work with you because they can see exactly what's happening. They can forecast because what they'll start to look at is what quotes turn to sales. And then potentially, can they get more of those? They can get a higher CPL. That's really what you're looking for is they're focused on getting a higher CPL. And what you're giving them is the complete open, transparent view of how to get a higher CPL. And they know, then know where to spend more money because they can see where the conversions are happening. And you do this via feedback loops, right? I mean, we've done entire podcasts on it. Um, but still, uh, 
you know, I speak to lead buyers all the time, don't want to feed it back because they think that um, their CPLs will go up, but you want that to happen. That's what you're trying to encourage. Yeah. And the other is, oh, what if they sell the leads to the competition? It's just the same thing we've mentioned millions of times. Don't work with people you can't trust. Because this is all about building trusted partnerships, right? Um, and number five is custom sales plans. So we used to generate like leads um, up until early COVID days and even probably the first year of COVID I was still helping one company where we were doing um, lead generation for them in one vertical and our aim was always just generate the best leads humanly possible um, so that uh, that's what we get associated with right and what I quite liked is we used to have a um, we used to have a weekly call with the buyers a large um, energy company that was buying the leads at the time uh, we used to have a weekly call with them where they used to go through every source. Um, the sources were hidden. We didn't know who the other lead generators were and tell us what their conversion rates were and tell us what ours were. And they basically put this like competition almost in place um, where everyone wanted to be the best. So um, we ended up being the best. Um, we just made it like the competition just added that thing. And, you know, we, um, did a lot of stuff and helped them with a lot of things and sales and stuff like that to become that. But what we then asked for, for doing that is we want the best sales team mm. on the leads that we're sending. So if we're sending you the best leads, I want to be able to cherry pick which agents are going to be calling these leads. Cause we used to be able to see the outcomes when I'm talking about the transparency, I used to have a list of agents. There are actually two different call centers and we could see the conversion rates um, by agents so what we do is go we want that person that person that person that person that person all dialing these leads and we'll give you the best leads possible and what that created was like manna from heaven in terms of conversion rates it pushed the cpl up it pushed the conversion rates up these agents were absolutely flying it was like you know getting towards one in three um conversion rates from leads was, the whole thing just became this like self-fulfilling machine um, of really high quality lead generation and massive sales on the back of it. So if you really want to outcompete your competition as a lead buyer and make more sales, if this is what you're doing, you're putting it into um, agents or sales teams, whatever, work with the company um, generating leads for you, the best ones, and basically build them sales teams that's like a moving feast so they can go you know can we have these people on it and then these are the sort of things that you can go through on weekly calls or even when you're doing the audits things like sales teams you probably want to do more often than monthly it's a weekly thing um this is a great way to ensure that you're going to be buying the best leads possible that are being generated that's interesting with approaches from the perspective almost of the buyer of leads these are all kind of tips for them but all of these points hint at more of a partnership between the buyer and the seller than perhaps is currently the case in a lot of areas um i find that quite interesting because we see this we've seen this thing where the buyers and the sellers are almost against each other sometimes you know you you, you experience things where like you said, they're not feeling bad because they're worried about this. But similarly, 
like point one you mentioned, which is the thing I want to come back to. They were doing these dodgy sort of things, sending in leads. All, all these points are essentially saying you're not against each other. You're two parts of the same operation process, even if you're not at the same company. But you need to form a partnership. I think that's an interesting perspective. But I just want to bring back around to that first thing because I've made this note. You talked about people buying out of hours leads, but not being aware that they're doing so. Um, and you were saying like the lead sellers were sort of, I can't exactly how you worded it, but like finding ways to kind of hold back the leads and then send a, a, a later point, which I imagine if I'm a buyer listening to this, I'm pretty pretty worried by that idea because although you're saying buy out of leads and make sure, yeah, acknowledge that and you know, say to the lead, Derek, I'm fine to do that. This requires absolute trust with this, the supplier because not all suppliers are going to do that because that requires buying them at a lower price and they want to light essentially send it at a higher price, right? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, so this, I think there's two scenarios here. So one is, um, let's imagine the lead generator, if he, buy, if he or she buys um, leads in hours at the coalface, so paying mm -hmm. on a CPC on um, whatever channels, and then delivering them. Let's imagine they lose money doing that because the CPL that you've agreed to give them of £35 is like it, it's knife edge stuff for them constantly. So they're sat there going, like, I, you know, that lead just came in and it cost us £50 to generate it. Um, and so what they're then looking at is, well, how can we decrease our costs? And so, you know, there's lots of ways of doing it. So one is, you know, the audience you're targeting, can you narrow it down? Can you make it more specific? The second thing is, I mean, we've done the talks about this a lot, building a brand. Nobody ever does it. But, you know, it's number one way to actually get your ad cost down, but it takes a lot of focus. Um, you know, try and CRO, conversion rate, optimization on landing pages, ads, whatever, but it only takes you so far. But then imagine you just have this thing like, oh, after 6 p.m., these CPCs half. So suddenly when that lead came in at 50 pounds and I'm getting 35 pounds CPL, suddenly now after six o'clock, I can get the same lead at 25 pounds. But mm. the buyer just won't accept out of hours leads. But guess what? They're just going to find a way to buy that lead and then send it to you anyway. So that's one scenario. The other is um, neither are right um the you know everyone should be more transparent it just requires this conversation this is what i'm saying like you know you may as well talk to them about buying out of hours leads but number two is just far more deviant which is they just want to make more money they're not losing money on in hours leads they're making even more money on out of hours leads and they'll just do whatever they can to make more money um and there's a lot of people like that you know it's uh so I get what you're saying, and I get this like idealistic idea that everyone's being transparent. And let's say that is the scenario in the the world where we're dreaming of, and everyone's going to be working like that. But let's let's be frank and say realistically, whatever happens, you're going to get some lead sellers who are not going to do that. They're going to be thinking of devious ways to make more money on what they're doing, and essentially commit fraud or whatever you call it. This is, is this a... something? Sorry, is this something the buyer who's listening can do to protect themselves from this? 
specifically for out of hours leads, or do you mean for any? Well, I mean for hours out of leads. Like if if someone's if holding back their leads and selling them at a false price, like you were saying, is an option. Uh, so it's, it's things people do. Like what can a buyer do to sort of safeguard? Or can they do anything? Or... Do you want me to be completely honest? Well, yeah, sure. If someone's determined and they know what they're doing, you're not going to be able to stop them, no. Right, okay. That's fine. I just wanted to clarify that because if I'm listening to this as a buyer and you're saying, oh, we you build transparency, a part of me is thinking, yeah, like, some people aren't going to do that. So is that just like a hazard we've got to accept? Yeah, I mean, they're just... They're working with they're just... I mean, it, it's sad in a way because you sort of have to know what you're doing. So it means that they're talented in one sense, but they're talented mm. is uh, uh, going the wrong way. But yeah, I mean, ultimately... Um, I mean, you you can if you carry out like audits is a big one. I think if you do audits, if you work closely with them, if you sort of really build a partnership. But what's interesting is to get to that point where you've got that sort of partnership, they almost couldn't do it because they could be they'd be able to see it coming. So, mm. um, and the reason they're probably doing it is because you don't have any sort of partnership, and they, someone can just get away with it. The reality is, you need to build trusted partnerships with people. Um, who you trust that trust you of which both sides are like you know opening the kimono and um, building this transparent partnership because otherwise not that everyone will there will always be a percentage of people who will just take the piss and if they're determined and know what they're doing you virtually unless you build a whole framework which we covered on another podcast I think it was like I can't remember what it was called but we can link it here um it, you know if you're just like the average lead buyer that isn't you know doing a huge amount just like sort of buying leads there yeah you'll be you're sort of ripe for the uh ripe for being taken the piss out of and they're, they're ultimately i mean this is the important point and i almost don't want to say it but it's kind of true ultimately it's the lead buyer's fault um because they can stop this right like i said with building partnerships and whatever else and you know leaning into running audits doing everything they can using all these lead management techniques to try and get rid of them so if you're not there is a chance that this will be happening to you you've you know the chance of it happening it's a bit like if you have a house if you've not got a burglar alarm guess what you're far more likely to be burgled yeah no no i want to end that on the negative note i mean like i just I just felt we skipped over that slightly. And I just thought as the lead buyer listening, I kind of want to clarify exactly what's going on there. So I yeah, think, yeah, with the out, out of hours leads, I mean, yeah, running audits, like really heavy duty audits can probably catch it. But it's, um, you know, doing stuff like Janaya, uh, um, uh, Active Prospects, um, Trusted Form, but they, you can bypass it. Like um, I see people doing this. Yeah. They, they um they submit it they get the data from elsewhere and submit it and a form as if it's real that's one way of doing it um i'm wondering if we need to revisit this at a later point because i've gone slightly off piece um here so just to reiterate uh, the five strategies were buy out of eyes leads not knowingly run audits every month don't obsess over the cpl be transparent in the feedback and build a custom sales plan. Um, and they're the five lead management strategies we want to end on and think about because they're the, by doing these things and focus on those ideas is how you can get 
a edge of your competition in beef, which is what we ultimately want this podcast to be about. Is there anything else you want to add to that before we sign off, Sam? Nope, I think we covered it all. That was episode 97, five lean management strategies to beat the competition. Thanks for listening to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead gen world.